Hey everyone, welcome to Northridge Church Online. We're so glad you're here today. We want you to know that Northridge Church is a safe place for you, no matter where you are with God. Whether you've been walking with God, with Jesus for a long time, you're new in your faith, your walk with Jesus, or maybe you're not sure about where you are with God, or maybe you don't have a relationship with God, and it's because you're not sure if you believe in God, believe in Jesus, believe in the Bible yet. Regardless of where you are on that spectrum, no matter where you are on the spectrum, this is a safe place for you. We're just glad you're here. We look forward to whatever questions you might have. So we're in the, the middle of this series called Pivot. We're very simply asking the question, what does God want us to pivot? What does God want us to change? How does God want us to move or be different in these days and because of these days? What are we moving from and what are we moving to? And the way that we're answering that question in this series is we're talking to a whole bunch of different people and hearing their stories, their thoughts, their insights, their struggles, and specifically how God is impacting them in these days that we're in right now. So earlier I just had a conversation with Paul and Chris Bickett and they share, let me just tell you, some phenomenal thoughts and insights and what God is doing in their life. And so, uh, I don't want to hold this up any further. Let's just go ahead and jump right in. Hey everyone, I have Paul and Chris Bickett here with me today. Looking forward to having an awesome conversation. Uh, and so, just to kind of let you guys know a little bit about them, they will introduce themselves here in a minute, so I won't tell you everything. But uh, a lot of you know that Chris is actually our student ministries pastor. So what that means is she leads our children's ministry. She also leads a life group that is called Club 56, which is for our 5th and 6th graders. It's kind of like a, I don't know, a catechism, Bible basics kind of class. It's a, she's done a phenomenal job of that. And, uh, and then she also does tons of other stuff that I won't go into and list right now because it would be very long. Uh, but she also preaches several times throughout the year for our church. And, uh, and then Paul... You're uh, obviously Chris's husband, so that means you get to help with all that stuff yep. till death do you part, <laughs> right? Uh, or something like that uh, is what I've heard. Uh, but no, seriously, Paul uh, is also works at Olson Tune, uh, and that that is, is his regular day job and career. But he also leads a life group, drums at Northridge several times throughout the year, and helps out with tons of different ministry. These guys are just amazing. So I could tell you a lot more about them, but I'm going to stop there and let them introduce themselves. So Paul and Chris, first of all, thank you for being willing to do this. <laughs> thank you for coming to my living room, <laughs> right? So we can have a conversation. Um, so first question is very simple. Um, tell us a little bit about you guys. Give us your background. Where'd you come from? All kind of stuff. And then take us into the story, just now kind of naturally turn into the story of how in the world did you end up at Northridge? Um, sure, I'll start. Um, Paul Bickett. Uh, I was born and raised in South Dakota. Um, yeah. I'm one of five children. I have twin sisters, older, an older brother, and I also have a twin brother. So, awesome. Five of us, three and a half years apart, so it's kind of chaotic at times. Yeah. Um, I did go to school, um, college in South Dakota, South Dakota State, and then I went on to live in the Black Hills area after that for a while. And in the Black Hills area, Spearfish, South Dakota, is where I was starting to get involved in a campus ministry, um, Black Hill State back then, and also our local church. Okay. And that's also where I met Chris in that city. So 
kind of with the campus ministry. So our lives were crossed from that point on. So awesome. Um, yeah, it was good. And then we were there a few years, um, got married in 1998. So uh, 22 years now. Woohoo! Congratulations. And, uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and then we moved out to Wisconsin. And I'm going to let Chris tell a little bit more of that story. But okay. So that's the background with me. Cool. Awesome. So I grew up in Gillette, uh, Wyoming. Um, I have one sister. Uh, we've lived in the same house since I was two. My parents are still there, so when we say we're going home, it's we are going back to where I grew up, which is amazing. Wow. Get to share that with the kids. Yeah. Um, like Paul said, we, we met in Spearfish. Um, I had done college in Powell, Wyoming, and then finished up at Black Hill State, where we met through the campus ministry, like he said. Um, okay. In 2000, we felt like... Um, We'd been invited by the pastor. He was coming out to plant a church here in Madison, Wisconsin. And um, when he asked if we were interested, I instantly said yes, and he instantly said no. Nope. Um, so <laughs> I'm we glad had, you guys are so unified in yeah, everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it was good. So for about three months, I really razzed and pushed, and then finally I was like, okay, let me pray about it. You know, which is always the smart thing to do. And good. God put us on the same page. He finally said yes, yep. and we came out, looked around, and instantly that week when we were here, both felt like we were being called to come out to Madison. So we told them that we would come out for one to two years max. Um, then we would go home. It was the furthest I had ever been away from home because um, mm -hmm. college was only four hours away. And then um, one to two years came and we said, well, okay, we don't feel released yet. So when we start having kids and we now have a 10, 13 and 15 year old. So um, <laughs> God didn't follow Still, that couple, directive. A couple more than just one to two years. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> in other words, just a so few. So <laughs> like you said, we've been here since 2000. So we're going on 20 years now. Um, <laughs> wow, That's awesome. And here we are. Yeah, and a, a piece of that <laughs> why it's 20 years you know, here is we've always said that we were gonna have to be on the same page, whatever we would do. So there mm -hmm. was different times during this 20-year span that one of us may felt to want to go back where we came from, go back to South Dakota, Wyoming, um, but we were never on the same page. So in that, God has kept us here, and we've also been unified in our decision to stay or go together. Mm -hmm. And we've really been blessed. Yes. Um, we were part of a, a church. Like we said, we came out for the plant that was called Lakeshore. It was another Wesleyan church that we were a part of. Um, from birth to death for that one, unfortunately, but God did some amazing things. And so that was from 2000 until 2014. And yep. then in 2014, it closed. And so yep. we spent the summer months really praying and talking and visiting other churches because we wanted to make sure that wherever we landed next was really where God wanted us. Sure. Um, not that we wanted to be in a place of comfort mm. because we knew you and Laura a little bit, not as well as we do now, right. obviously, but um, we didn't want to just jump into another Wesleyan church or with people that we knew because it felt comfortable. We really wanted God calling us to go. Yep. Um, and Absolutely. so we've been a part of Northridge since the fall of 2014. Yep. That's yeah. awesome. And we love that. <laughs> but, we no, do too. No, that's good. That's good. I'm, that's I'm glad it's a two-way street. Yeah, that's awesome. That's well, thank you guys. Yeah, thank you for letting us know a little bit about who you are, where you come from. I'm sure there's a lot of thing in a lot of things in there that people did not know, right? Yep. Wyoming, South Dakota twins, you know all this stuff. How you guys kind of got together, and that you originally came to plant another church that was not originally Northridge, and right. now you're here in the the second church plant, which is which is really cool. How God has worked that out. 
So I um, want to turn the corner real quick to uh, a totally different question now. We're going to, we kind of got like, okay, now we get to know you. Now we're dumping into the deep end of the pool. <laughs> All right. So um, the, the question is this. So we've been in this lockdown quarantine pandemic mode for several months, as you guys know, as everybody knows. We also, in the last two, three weeks in our nation, have been really hit hard with this whole racism thing, which has always been there. It just has really raised up in uh, the public eye. And so we've been, you know, wrestling through that as a nation, as a country, as communities, as people. And so as a result of all of those things, it just seems like we're all, our emotions, our frustrations, uh, it's almost like we're all walking on eggshells. We're not sure if we can say this. We're not sure if we can do this. I'm not sure if I can reach for the candy bar at the same time as somebody else because I might, you know, they're wearing their mask and I'm wearing my mask. And, and there, there's a level of tenseness and frustration and anger and everything else. You know what I mean? It's just, and so... That translates to the public life and social media and everything else. We see that. But what we don't always see is what's going on in everybody's households. How, this, how is this frustration and all this intensity translating to marriages, to families, to parenting? Oh, my goodness. And so give us a little bit of a window into your life. What has been the biggest challenge for you guys in your marriage, in your family, and all kind of stuff. And, and as I ask that question, I want to specifically ask this. Paul, I want you to answer as Paul, like okay. as a guy, as a husband, as a father, because, you know, we hear a lot of different things in general, but I want to hear from a man's man, like a guy who loves rock climbing that comes from, you know, South Dakota, Wyoming, like loves the mountains. You're a man's man. I want to hear your perspective. Chris, I want to hear your perspective as a, as a woman, as a wife, as a mother. You know, what's your perspective on this? And then maybe a perspective on what's been challenging together in your marriage as a family. Sure. Um, yeah, the first thing, of course, the biggest challenge was I could not go to the state parks. And it was yeah, rough. amen to that. I mean, we yes. like to go out on the weekends, do the hiking with the family. And I joke with my twin brother about this. I said, hey, they close their state parks down, but I think I'm going to chain myself to a tree and challenge it <laughs> and see if they'll actually let me go. Right, right. Um, but all that I'm, aside, I'm glad you didn't because you'd probably be in prison. No, but it, yeah, it's, it'd, it'd be ugly, but, it's all right. His wife was um, sitting next to him. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But I do miss our state parks. So that was yeah. really one little thing. Um, with the family, one of the biggest challenges for this, the COVID, and, and now, of course, the, the racial tensions is really just Chris and I getting on the same page. Because, mm. like say, the man's man, I'm an even-keeled guy, don't get my feathers ruffled too much, um, okay. emotional to some degree, but just don't waver a lot. Sure. Um, but I could tell that Chris and I were not on the same page as we were starting to get into this. Mm. Um, I was taking it a little lightly, um, just my big view of it all and I kind of was missing out on the, the human aspect of it mm. um, so and we sure. had to kind of have our little come to Jesus moment between us and have a talk <laughs> maybe a couple times to kind of sort it out sure. and me just kind of realizing that I've been a little harsh about it and mm. I needed to actually see it through someone else's eyes and like I say just know that people are hurting people are struggling people do have fear mm. um, so there's some real issues for people it's not just this blanket thing oh it's just this little virus thing no there are real issues and mm -hmm. I had to take note of that and address and say yeah I, I need to be more caring and loving towards these people yeah so. wow that's huge I think just 
just taking that what you said, seeing it through somebody else's eyes, walking in somebody else's shoes, man, don't we all need that? I mean, it's easy to forget that, especially in these kind of pandemic crisis things. So yeah, yeah. awesome. All right, Chris. Yeah. So different pages. I'll just give you an example. Um, I was actually in North Carolina when all of this started coming down. And so when I wasn't quite home, when all of it started shutting down, I called Paul and said, Hey, why don't you run to the grocery store real quick? Um, I think we need to stock up on some hamburger, um, just to, just to have it, you know? And, and so he went and got two pounds of hamburger. Okay. Stocked up. (laughs) Stocked up on two pounds. Woo! We're going to last a day or two. Exactly. That's a meal. (laughs) Um, and so in my head, I'm thinking like 20 pounds would have been great. You know, we'll freeze some of it. We'll use some of it. So 220. It's close. It's close. You know, come to Jesus happened a few times, like I said. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thanks for the two pounds. Yeah. But, mm, yeah. I was thinking a yeah. bit more. So, you know, one of the challenges for me is he, like he said, is very even keel. I'm mm. very much the roller coaster. I'm high, low. I'm emotional. I'm a mm. processor. Um, So just really trying to get a grasp of what was happening, what was real, um, you know, getting almost too involved in the news and the social media, trying to see what was happening and how I needed to prepare um, for the family, for safety, for, you know, the food, whatever, you know, what do we need to have in the house in case, you know, we go into complete shutdown and different things. So I was really focusing more on that. Um, a lot of it became all of us getting into survival mode is what I call it, mm-hmm. where we were all kind of doing our own thing. You know, I am working at home, which I've done, but now the kids are home, they're doing school, but it's also like all day. Right. None of us are leaving except for Paul to go anywhere. Right. Um, so really, we just kind of all started doing our own thing. And sure. then as we got towards evening, you know, it was all just whoever wanted to do whatever, um, you know, as Paul says, the kids are little screens, we're big screens, you know, mm. just almost wow. checking out to some degree. Yeah. So that was really a big challenge for us as a family, um, a challenge for me emotionally, just trying to stay stable and positive and not get trapped in all the negativity. Mm. Um, that was kind of hard. But really what we noticed was because of our self-preservation or survival mode is we had stopped having conversations, two of us that were quality, um, and started impacting us. It started impacting the kids. You could see the results, you know, flowing out. And so we decided to start taking walks and, um, you know, started out a couple with the dogs and kids. And then from a couple of those went by and we were like, no, it's just going to be us. So (laughs) drop the kids, drop the dogs. Yeah. Just we, us. We took some good long walks, you know, and that's, See, now we're kids. Yeah, that's one of the really big blessings that we have is our kids are at a good age, um, mm. 10, 13, 15, to be pretty self-sufficient for an extended period of time. Sure. Uh, I know a lot of people don't have that, you know, and to those parents, I would say, keep on keeping on. You're doing great. Yeah. They're alive. That's all we're asking for. <laughs> good job. You know? Yeah. I, I hear you. Encouragement, yeah. right? Oh. Yes. Um, so we started taking the walks and that was when we really started reconnecting and, and getting more on the heart level and the emotional level and what was really going on besides just what had happened during the day. Wow. So those, that would be my biggest challenge. Wow. That is huge. And I think a couple of things that I settle on is when you said big screen, little screen, man, doesn't that just describe like American culture in the evening sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. 
and I know it sometimes describes us and how we just we become silos even though we're a family living together we become silos yeah. and we're not talking we're not interacting and so um, to, to make that happen and to, to that you went on those walks and said we need to connect like really talk you know, um, get rid of the kids, get rid of the dogs, <laughs> Do <what it> takes. <laughs> right? For an hour and let's go for a walk. Let's talk. I, lo- I love that. So, okay. So let me turn the, flip the coin, so to speak. Same question to you, Paul, and to you, Chris. I want you guys to answer individually from your own perspectives and then maybe together. Um, but what are the good things that have happened? We all know that there've been challenges. There's been negativity, all that stuff with these, these days. But what are some of the good things? What are some of the blessings that you've noticed has happened in your marriage and your family? Those kind of things. Um, like she said, once our conversations started to develop and blossom in a way to kind of connect again, we were kind of able to translate that to the kids too. So we were able to interact with them more and actually just, you know, put the phones down, just talk a little while. And I do remember one night, like we had a fire pit in the backyard, you know, just for something different. And the kids, like we all sat around, had our s'mores and stuff like that. Sure. And middle one, Emma, she said, oh, we got to do this more often because I love just sitting around talking because we just happen to be reminiscing and mm. just telling stories, just our family. Wow. And that is That's a cool. rare occasion that we can kind of do that. So it was a big blessing to be able to kind of quiet okay. down and have that moment. So that was a big blessing for us. That's awesome. Um, That's huge. Yeah. And, you know, so the family time is definitely better. Um, and another thing, too, is just like the learning to communicate not only with each other, but with our neighbors and family and friends. So we kind of started to translate, you know, like lean across the fence, talk to neighbors, hey, how you doing? So check ourselves, you know, but then we're okay, but now we need to check in with our neighbors, mm-hmm. our friends and stuff. So we're able to start engaging them more to, you know, just cool. go through this together. Absolutely. So. Good. Okay. Yeah. And not just neighbors across the fence, but it could be friends that we had calls with or if we were out for a drive for a date, you know, another one of those, we'll be back soon, (laughs) maybe, Maybe. type things, you know, as if we were driving past somebody's house, just, hey, how you doing, you know, just quick conversations or standing, you know, on the sidewalk while they're on the patio, just having some check-in moments was very encouraging for us. Mm. Um, I think it was encouraging for the other that we were talking with as well. Um, I think for me, it would be um, being really intentional with time, Mm. Um, how I was spending my time um, being really intentional with the kids Mm. um, once I kind of caught on to some of the things that were happening and recognized I needed to make some changes. Um, You know, it's one of those where as things kind of slid, realizing that um, the more I invested into the kids directly, the better Things were, obviously. <laughs> we know that, but it's sure. just easy to let slide. So Absolutely. recognizing that one kid needed more intentional quality time. You know, yeah. the other one needs touch. You know, the <laughs> other one needs words of affirmation. And so just giving them more of what they needed, um, mm. making sure I was paying attention to what I needed, like Paul said, recognizing for myself in order to stay emotionally healthy and to try to keep positive focus. Um some of the one of the biggest blessings that came out was when um, the protesting and the riots started happening is it's such a hard conversation and for most of us it's really uncomfortable we don't go there naturally until we're kind of forced to and this has forced right. our hand but we were in the van just heading out to a park just to hang out as a family and um, we started having a conversation with Elsa who's our oldest she's in high school now um, you know and just really asking her, okay, um, what does this mean to you? Like, 
what do you know what do you understand mm. how are you hearing about things because Paul and I both grew up in white communities there mm. was not diversity mm. in the communities that we grew up in and that's a huge blessing for our kids is that they have been in a diverse classroom since the get-go so awesome. for them yeah. they're you know used to this and to some degree it's new to them as well because they don't understand why it's happening mm. because they're in good communities but just mm. really trying to get a grasp on it me understanding what I need to learn how I need to grow how I need to listen um, and then being able to facilitate those conversations with my kids too so that it doesn't just stop because in normal Absolutely. times um, I think we would have had that conversation it would have been really quick and then we've just kept moving on because there were other things to do. There were places to go, you know, just things Business. on the schedule. Yeah. And so really just time for those conversations to develop and really sit with them for a while has been a huge wow. blessing. Yeah. Wow. For sure. That is huge. I mean, just both of you kind of focus on quality time. Yeah. You know, time around the, the, the campfire and s'mores and we're just talking and the conversations that maybe would have been a five minute on the way to a practice, a sports practice or something else. And now you're really digging in. You're, like you're asking follow-up questions and you're saying, but where does that come from? Why are you saying that? Why do you think that? Oh, that's really cool. I've never known that about, you know, and we're talking about our own families, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or close friends. People, we're finding out some things if we're taking this time and we should find out more about our family our kids our spouse our close friends our neighbors and and we're learning more about them in a really good healthy way sometimes so um i love that that's awesome um so let me let me turn the corner just a little bit then and get uh you know that was all personal but now let's kind of talk about what god is doing so in the midst of all this this has forced us all to kind of reflect maybe a little bit more than we normally would again maybe because we have that time or we're having more conversations whatever it is so want to ask you guys both specifically what is it that god is pressing in on you about in these days what is he teaching you what is he is there something maybe he's kicked a door down is he is he kind of digging into something or you're like no 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 i didn't want us to go there you know what is God doing in you guys in these days? Whatever that answer would be. Yeah, for me, um, like I said, I'm an even keel guy, and I am social between the two of us. I'm definitely the people person in the mix. <laughs> um, okay to be in about any crowd of people, whether I say anything or I talk all night. Um, sure. But for me, like this whole the crisis and just different things going on in people's lives, it it's kind of forcing me into kind of a deeper relationship or a different look at how I do interact with people. Mm. Um, so it's not always so light, talk about the Packers or whatever else it is, but, you know, really, like, how are you doing, you know, with this? Right. Because there's a lot going on in the world, you know, health concerns, you know, neighborhood concerns, racial things. So it's just Absolutely. God has pressed on me, really, to be present in the conversation a little more than just kind of being around, but just engaging people more often. Mm. Um, and that is something I miss, you know, not having our Sunday worship services. It's it's hard on me not to be around people. You've expressed that before too, obviously. I am with you there. <laughs> but, uh, to be around people and have those opportunities yeah. to have those conversations, but it's yeah. like I'm missing that. But the few I do have now, it's like it just I need to be intentional about Absolutely. saying, hey, how you doing? You know, how's how you doing spiritually, emotionally? How you get along with your neighbors? You know, and just have those conversations that mean something. Mm. 
Okay, it's good reaching out, right? Yep. And doing that. And we need it more in this time, even though it's harder to do it. <laughs> yep. So absolutely, it's good. Okay. Um, I think for me, it's more accountability, how I've been using my time, mm. what I've been doing. You know, um, God's brought to light some of my negative habits, some of the things that I do to escape. Mm. You know, it's just easier to do that instead of addressing what may be a harder issue or mm. a root level thing. Um, he's really been kind of pushing on some deeper things in me and working on it. Um, can't say that anything's truly come to fruition like I have answers yet, which is sometimes <laughs> sure. really uncomfortable. Like I would rather just deal with it and be done. Um, but <laughs> Solve it and move on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. God's saying we have sure. this time, let's keep <laughs> yeah. going. Uh, so right. wow. that for me has just been letting go a lot of those, being very intentional. Um, that obviously includes the time shift with my family, with Paul, um, just the different things that we're choosing to do. Um, you know, it's one of those things where when all of this started happening, um, I was actually in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And Paul and I had talked about, should I go on this trip or not? Um, because we were starting to hear things. It was starting to ramp up, but it, it wasn't local yet. So we sure. both felt like God opened this opportunity for me to go. Yeah. Um, we just needed to trust that it was the right thing. So I went... And then while I was there, everything local started happening. You know, schools are closing, businesses are closing, and everything was within 24 hours had just done a 180. It it happened fast. Yeah. So (laughs) that, I don't deal with a lot of anxiety, but that was an extremely difficult time for me to be away from home. Um, Like I said, the two versus 20 pounds of hamburger. Like in my head, I'm like, we got to go now. Right. You know, we got to do it. And, um... You know, and the counterbalance was like, we're good for today. Right. (laughs) Here, even keel. We're on the loop-de-loop, let me tell you. So it was really a trust thing. And once I got home, it was really working through what is God doing? How much do I need to trust? How much do I need to get off of social media? Um, Um, A lot of those things. um, Because part of it was I had gotten into um, an uneasy state. And you and I actually had a conversation several weeks in where I was explaining a little bit of it. Mm. And you said I needed to really just kind of pray and be aware of what was truly godly discontent that Mm. he was working on something and what was enemy distraction or enemy attack. Mm. Um, And that was was really eye-opening for me because I had to stop and really process what is from God and what is the enemy trying to do. Mm -hmm. Because for me, a lot of it is type A personality. I want things to be perfect. Is With all of my unease, I wasn't quite sure what to do with it. And Mm -hmm. so it became kind of a stop barrier. Mm -hmm. And instead of just kind of doing the next step, I wanted to just stop completely. And um, your comment of what is enemy really helped me to realize I need to keep going with what God has put in me, how he's wired me, and trust Mm. that those are good things. Wow. Yeah, that is... um that's just huge. So let me let me take us kind of let's land the plane. <laughs> I'm a pastor, so I'm not good at that. Uh, <laughs> I like to just keep going, but uh, we need to land the plane. So um, one more question for you, basically, and you guys have shared some wow, just some powerful stuff uh, that has just kind of knocked me sideways, and I appreciate that so so much. I really I really do. Um, so my last question is this: This has kind of been a time of reflection. 
not only just right now, literally, but in these last few months. And so as we're kind of giving our last parting thoughts, your heart, as you're sharing your heart, um, is there anything left that maybe I didn't ask that you guys would like to share that maybe you feel like God is pressing in on you about? Um, For me, it's, you know, as a follower of Christ, I just think of the great command you talked about last week, loving God, loving people, the Good Mm -hmm. Samaritan, the story, but um, just how important it is to be focused in my relationship with God, to love him the best I can, uh, which is challenging without church services. (laughs) It is. To live out um, and to love people. And, of course, now in times just we're called to love all people. It seems challenging now, but I need to be more aware of everyone's situation. So, you know, Mm -hmm. God, how can you show me ways to love on people in a better way or a different way maybe than what I'm even comfortable with. I need wow. to kind of get out of my comfort zone too to reach out mm. and make that first step too sometimes. So it's easy for them to come to me and I react to them, but I need to actually take that first step. Um, and the other bridge thing too is just being ready when people have questions. You know, mm. always be ready to give an answer when people ask about the hope you have. Mm. So to be ready, I need to be connected with God more so, just pressing on me. Yeah. And then to be able to share that hope, I need to be with people. Mm. And so to connect those dots, I just know I need to be more in tune with him and also be in tune with the people around me. That's awesome. I love what you said there that, you know, it's, it's not so much allowing just being open to people coming to me and me reacting to them. It's me being intentional to go to them and, and us reaching out challenging huge absolutely (laughs) not easy to do and outside of our comfort zone most of the time uh but so important so awesome okay yeah well i'm actually gonna brag on him just a minute like i know he's saying (laughs) that he's feeling the call to do it more but i think anybody that knows paul knows that his natural heart and inclination is connecting and loving on people he's a natural encourager naturally cares about people is just there and awesome. so for him to be saying that God's asking him to do that more, you know, is just, it just about makes me cry mm. um, because that's just who he is and yeah. God's just taking it to the next level. You know, it's just, awesome. it's awesome to watch. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really good. That's why you're married. Like, yes, <laughs> cheerleaders for each other. This is, no, seriously, you know, this is, you know, we've been off script a few times, but um, pause on that moment. For any of us, whether we're married or not, like, we need to call each other out, which I think we tend to do, especially in these days, but we need to champion each other. We need to cheer for each other. We need to be each other's cheerleaders, especially for those of us that are married. Like, that, when you commit to, to a, a person, you're committing more than anything to be a cheerleader for them, to lift them up and go for them and be for them. I mean, so what you, you just modeled that. It was awesome. So I just want to say thank you to both of you. Uh, you guys are amazing. So, okay. Now, right. <laughs> Chris, what else did you have to say? <laughs> Bring it back. No. Um, I think for me, it's one thing that I really recognized is um, encouragement. Mm-hmm. Is really just, especially during this time when we're not around each other, we're not having natural conversations, there's not natural little things built in. Mm-hmm. It's just really when we, when we feel something, saying it like taking the moment and saying it to the person or writing a letter 
or giving them a quick text, you know, and just saying, I saw you, I saw that, or I was thinking of you, um, you know, or like Paul said, just checking in, and then the next day being like, hey, still okay, you know, or just follow up. Um, I just, I think we all need that right now, and I know for me personally, whether it's been an in-passing or intentional, it just changes the entire day for me, you know, to know that I'm noticed, and it's not all about me being noticed, but just we all need that acknowledgement and recognition yeah. that people care. People care and that we're humans and we're we're all messing up, but we're all learning and, and getting better together, you know, when we're trying to love each other. Messing um, up together. <laughs> yep. You know, it, it is. Um, I think we're all taking walks without our kids and dogs, people. Right. We're all taking drive dates. <laughs> Whatever so it is. with little ones, give us a call. Right. We'll keep this safe. You know? right. Kids, men. Right, here we um, go. And then the last thing I just think is um, making sure that when the enemy is really pushing us, like I said, to mm. stop, to want to withdraw, to pull back, to not do anything, mm. is to just do that one next little step. To keep moving because when God's working in us, even when we don't recognize it, when it's the really hard stuff, as long as we keep taking that next step, as long as we keep being faithful and obedient, he's going to use it. Mm. Um, Whether it's joy or pain, whatever it is, he's going to use it. Um, And Paul and I just know that from experience together and individually. Um, But really just not allowing it to stop because once we stop, then God can't work through us until we're willing to let him do it again. So as long as we keep a little bit of forward momentum, Mm. it's a lot easier. So I would say just whatever wall you're hitting, reach out to somebody, Mm. you know, and reach out to God, and then just take that next little step. Wow. That's awesome. You guys are amazing. (laughs) Seriously. Thank you for being willing to share your heart share your soul, share your thoughts, share your insights, share some of the uh, in-depth stuff that your family's doing um, and, and all that stuff. But seriously, appreciate you guys so much. So thank you guys. Yeah, yeah appreciate We appreciate, it. appreciate it. you too. And I, I know that you don't like this, but we're going to turn the tables on you just real quick. Um, just for everybody that's watching, you know that we love you. But a lot of times, especially right now when we're not around people, it's really hard for you and Laura to feel that presence, that support, and that mm-hmm. love. So as a representation of Northridge family and everybody that knows and loves you, just please recognize that we're championing you and Laura mm-hmm. behind the scenes. We're praying for you. Um, we really just want you to um, sense God's presence, but also just mm-hmm. sense your church family presence that's wrapping arms around you and trying to love on you the best we can and um hopefully things open up soon and so we can do some actual hugs but until (laughs) then um you know we'll do virtual hugs and words um so just know that paul and i um personally and everybody for northridge we love you guys and thank you for what you're doing to make sure we stay connected with god to the best that you can thank you that's awesome yeah, threw, threw me off, <laughs> for sure. Like, that is, uh, so thank you. I love you guys, too. I love all of you, Northridge, um, and it's a joy. It really is to serve, uh, even though these days have been hard, I think, in many ways for Laura and I. So thank you for your words. I appreciate you guys both so much and, and, uh, and our whole church. It's awesome. So thank you. Paul and Chris just shared some amazing things 
And I can tell you, I was not quite prepared for what uh, Pastor Chris said at the end there and just the thanks and the encouragement. Um, that was huge uh, for, for me and for Laura and I. Just to serve in this way has been difficult sometimes. And so that was really, really encouraging. Well, I wanted to share about something that we have that Laura actually picked and has hanging on our wall downstairs in the family room. So it's, a, it's actually a quote from God that he spoke to Joshua. So let me give you the context. So Moses, the leader of Israel, has just died. And Joshua is the new young buck in the, the leadership role. He's now the new leader of Israel. And the first thing, the first task, the first mission that he has is that he has to lead the entire nation of Israel, a million people, maybe even more, across the Jordan River into the Promised Land, a land that they've never been to before, a land that is completely filled with enemies, people who do not want them there. And Joshua has to lead into this. Talk about unknown days, scary days, possibly frustrating days. In fact, to say that is probably an understatement. He was very scared. Everything was unknown, but he knew he had to lean in to what God wanted him to do. But back to what we have hanging on our wall. God said something to Joshua that was not only a promise for Joshua, but it's a promise and a challenge for me and for you. I want to read the words of what God said to Joshua. He says this in Joshua 1.9. God says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So I want to encourage you. Whatever you are facing, be strong, be courageous. Maybe it's leaning in and surrendering yourself to God. Maybe for the first time, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe today is the day that you need to do that. You need to take courage. You need to, to be courageous and, and surrender your life to God. Maybe you're here and, and you need to be courageous like what Paul and Chris just shared. That you need to start being more transparent, more vulnerable, more honest and open about your heart and about your feelings with your spouse or with your kids or with your neighbors or with some close friends or with some people in your church. Or maybe even with some people that you haven't gotten to know very well yet. Reach out to them. Be vulnerable. It's not always going to be comfortable, but it is going to be the best thing. So maybe that's what courage looks like. Maybe as a result of this pandemic, maybe because of what's been going on the last couple weeks in this country around racism, maybe you have noticed or seen something that your family does that they need to stop doing. Or something that your family doesn't do that they need to start doing. Maybe courage for you is leading your family to make those changes, to pivot in these days. And finally, maybe, maybe the courage for you is that there's something in your own life that you need to do or stop doing, that God is calling you to change, to pivot. No matter what you're facing, no matter what God is asking you to do, I want to leave you with his words for you, his promise, his challenge. Be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged. Why? Because the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. 
God, help us to be strong. Help us to be courageous. Help us never to allow these days, this world, social media, or anything else to get us discouraged. And help us to remember that whatever you're calling us to do, however you're calling us to pivot in our lives, in our families, in our workplace, whatever it is, help us remember your promise that you are always with us, no matter what we're walking through, wherever we go. I pray all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, I want to encourage you and challenge you. Let's pivot together. Let's pivot and lean in to what God has for us. And as always, I love you and God loves you.